welcome back to another episode of Creating Magic. I'm Danny, And I'm Paula. And today we have a special interview for you. So as some of you may have seen, the Harry Potter exhibition is now in New York City. And so Paula has been to Philadelphia and Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes. And I have been to all three in the U.S. They're now going to... China next and are currently in Paris for the non-US tour. That's freaking cool. I want I want I, New York is on my bucket list this year, but my pockets are just not. Oh, we get we're getting tight. I know. Because I want I still haven't seen the New York store. I mm-hmm. want to see Curse Child. I uh, I mean I'll go to the exhibition. It's there. So yeah. Yeah, I couldn't squeeze in Cursed Child. And they're all, like, walkable from each other. Yeah, that's... But I was only there for two days, and I was with my mom and my sister. I was there with, like, a bunch of other Potter grammars, too. But Mm -hmm. since I was with, like, my mom and sister, I didn't want to be like, we're doing all the Potter things. So, and they're not theater people, so that wouldn't have gone well. (laughs) I I try. You're so nice. You're nicer than me. So, um, well, this was kind of a trip to visit family, and it just happened that the date was announced while I had already yeah. booked this trip. And I was like, well, um, they have one of the nice things that I have been seeing is they have been making solid upgrades each time. The mandrake has yeah. changed yet again. All right. All right. More sturdy, more durable. We like that. We like that. Um, the dragon's also different. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. See, now I have to go. So I'm trying to think of what else had changed. Oh, they had like a extended Fantastic Beasts version because it was in New-, New York. Okay. And there was uh, the Time Turner from the Cursed Child was there. Oh, that's so cool. So now, was- see, now I have to go. I don't have a choice. So... But it was very exciting to see again and to see with new people. I, after seeing it like three times, the the Franklin Institute setup is probably my least favorite. Yeah. I like it being in its own event space. It makes a difference. Yeah. Do they also have in New York the like the food area like they did? They in do Atlanta? not have a food area. Oh, they did not have the space for the food area. This place wasn't equipped for that. So, but they have a pretty good store, even with the knowledge that the the New York store is, it's like 12 minute walk from the exhibition. They have a solid store. I feel like there's more there and there's more exclusive items that are starting to appear. Yeah. I want the mugs. I need all four house mugs. Those Thanks. mugs. I got one of their, I don't know if anyone's posted it. It's it's in my living room. I'll, I'll, I'll show you later. Um, okay. They have one of the mugs you put in the freezer. Oh, um, that's the butterbeer mug, and it's um, an exhibition exclusive. So I got it for my butterbeer shelf. Nice, nice. So I think my butterbeer shelf is now bigger than my cube. So I need to move it. Um, what I need is someone to go to Universal Japan and get me that tankard mug. Well, you have a bunch of people going. So <laughs> I know, but they probably have like a list two miles long. I think if you ask, they're not going to tell you no. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll have to. You're not asking to for them to bring you 
10 yes. things. It's just yes. one butter beer tanker. I will try that. Um, we do knock on wood, have someone lined up to discuss Japan happenings once they return. All right. I can't wait. So I believe I have the person lined up. I don't want to say who it is. Just in case. Confirm. Just in case. But so without further ado, um, this interview, Paula was not um, on this because it was during the work day. So I actually had to take my lunch break for this interview. This is with Tom Zoller, who is the president and CEO of Imagine Exhibitions, which is actually the organization that puts the exhibitions together. And they so they're based out of amazing. Atlanta. He is actually one of the people that helped with the initial Titanic exhibition. That is so cool. Like the lineup he has. So this is from his LinkedIn of things he has worked on. Harry Potter exhibition, Hunger Games, Jurassic World, Downton Abbey, Real Bodies, Dinosaurs in Motion, Star well, I've Trek. I've seen Real Bodies. Like these are in small IPs and it's worldwide. They also handle the international exhibitions it's not just wow. the one here. yeah that um, is so cool so it was really cool to talk to him he was actually very interested on the fact that we've seen it so many times and what we thought with each one okay so um that is what you're going to hear now all right so today we are here with tom tom why don't you give us an introduction of who you are and what you do with the harry potter exhibition Sure. So my name's Tom Zoller. I'm the president and CEO of Imagine Exhibitions. And I started Imagine in 2009. So whatever that is, 14 years ago, I guess. And before that, I was doing exhibitions uh, since 1998. And before that, I was in live entertainment, touring with bands and shows and things. So I kind of grew up in the entertainment world and found myself, uh, my cut my teeth doing exhibitions on um, the Titanic exhibition, which was, uh, I, I sort of think of as the original immersive experience because we created rooms and we had original objects and we told stories and we had music and we had media and we had actors and we had this and that and sort of this something I fell in love with coming out of the live entertainment world. Um, and then for, I was fortunate to be involved with many, many different, tremendously successful and interesting projects for many years. Uh, and so I started getting more involved in the sort of uh, non-museum related work in the uh, in the mid 2000s, where uh, I started licensing different um, properties. So I, when I started Imagine, um, I the first license we had was with Rovio to create an Angry Birds exhibition. And then we were hired by uh, Lionsgate to create a Hunger Games exhibition. And then we licensed, uh, we were fortunate enough that Universal Studios approached us to create a Jurassic World exhibition. And then uh, Universal Studios International, you know, retained us to build a Downton Abbey exhibition. So I kind of, all of these, I think, in my way, sort of culminated up to the pinnacle of now, which was when I got the call from Warner Brothers to say, Hey, we're, you know, wanting to create a, a new immersive experience exhibition for Harry Potter. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a world uh, that is so perfectly suited to do what we do. So I was humbled 
and inspired and excited to be uh to be even asked let alone to be granted the license to create such a uh to work with such an amazing brand so we are the we are the designers of the show we are the producers of the show we are the marketing agency for this we are we we do all the marketing we do the operations we do the retail we do um we really internally touch every aspect of the exhibition uh, we certainly we have hundreds of partners all over the world and every city we go to that that help us uh make make it happen but we are the you know it's our responsibility we work directly with warner brothers every day to um to ensure that we you know stand to the, the quality and the standards that we both have set um and we hope that everybody comes and enjoys the exhibition when you work on them are you just the u.s base or were you also over all the global and european exhibitions so, that so we have a global license and we are responsible for all of the touring exhibitions for harry potter the exhibition so we currently uh have at the moment running the north american exhibition which just which opened in philadelphia went to atlanta and is now opening in new york city and whew, pretty soon like less than a month and uh we also launched the uh, the first european unit which uh, opened in vienna austria in uh december and is now open in paris which is both have been incredibly successful so far and wonderful experiences and then we will be opening um two other units in the next year in uh asia and in south america and these all these units will continue to tour around the world um and uh hopefully be as as you know wonderful and I, I really think it will be i hear from so many people that they get really excited when they see that it's coming to their area um it's one of the we've done episodes on both philadelphia we didn't do an episode on philadelphia we talked about it a little but we did a full episode on atlanta and afterwards we got so many questions of is it worth the drive is it kid friendly <laughs> things like that so it is one that we get a lot of questions on um I have always wondered because I have seen two of the exhibits. What is it like? Because you're taking an exhibit into different venues. Cause like the Philadelphia exhibit was at the Franklin Institute, which is set up as like a museum. Atlanta, it was more of like an event center type space. How do you work with like doing so many different types of cities in different types of venues of fitting and, and making it feel so cohesive? That's the hardest part. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the it really is the um, what makes our business unique to other um, experiences where they're permanent. Because we have to, what I want, and I hope that you feel when you're in these spaces is that you that it feels permanent. I want it to mm -hmm. feel as if it's going to be there forever. But we have to pick it up every four or six months, whatever it is, and move it to the next place. So it requires a lot of uh a lot of adaptation and you know the biggest challenges for us and you being a fan and and seeing it in multiple places probably pick up on more than the average person does but in certain areas we have to have a lower ceiling or we have to uh we have to go up a different uh, level or the 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 uh the air conditioner affects this room in a certain way or some things is the, the loading dock is not in the right location or there's all kinds of of logistical factors to it but I think 
we designed our, first of all, this is what we do for a living and I've been doing it for 25 years and, um, and we have been in some challenging places. (laughs) Um, But that's, I think that's, that's what separates us from a sort of somebody who's in a retail, a permanent location, a retail store or in a theme park or in a, you know, someplace where you're, you know, you're pouring concrete and it's like there forever. Ours has to be able to move. And so in some areas, if you know, I think, that's where you can sense, you can, you know, like you get it, but I hope that the visitor, the average person, which is who we do this for, right? We do this for the average consumer who may be a super fan or maybe a, um, you know, a a new, new to the world. We want them to feel like they've stepped inside of it. And I I think that um, in my humble opinion, I think that this show, we've been able to do that because we had, we put it, we had we set the right budget we set the right tone and we picked the right venue so far to be able to achieve it yeah with cuz you've been involved with many franchises did anything surprise you about diving into the harry potter franchise i mean the world is the franchise is perfect for what we do yes um, so i i think and i had um I'm I'm very familiar with the world and I've been to the parks and been to other experiences. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm really quite familiar with it. Um, I think that there's a, a level of fandom within this world. That's probably higher than anything I've ever experienced consistently. Um, you know, we've all been a part of, of events where people come dressed and they, and they're excited about can, their connection to the brand, but um, I don't know that I've ever felt it as powerfully as I feel it, you know, in Paris last weekend when we opened. Um, but it's it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't know that it surprised me, but it it. I feel like it's it's invigorating because it's so constant. It doesn't fall off. It hasn't fallen off, right? It feels. It's like- also so multi generational. Is For that? Sure the youngest to the oldest, like some franchises like have some of that, but I feel like in this franchise, like I am the perfect age for Harry Potter because the books came out when I was 11 and 12. Yep. So they've now been in my life more than they haven't. Yeah. So, but now we have new people learning it. And we've also like talked to a lot of people who are adults who didn't find the books until they were older or had kids of their own. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, I, and I think that one of the things that, and of course we learn a lot of that from our partners at Warner brothers uh, in the, uh, the way that there's so many entry points now to into the world that are into the franchise that we have to, when, when in creating the, the, the experience, we had to make sure that we, we could satisfy, I would say you satisfy the, the waiters and the swimmers and the divers, because yeah. you've got to satisfy that super fan, which is by the way, not easy to do. Um, Cause they know everything, yeah. but that's where we leave little Easter eggs around that the that the new fan may not even recognize, may not be aware of, but the, but we still want to try and you know we we're trying to please a lot of people. And that, like you say that, and I was like, oh yeah, that is a question we got a lot. Is can I bring my friend who is not the biggest fan, but I really want to go, and we happen to be in the city? Yeah. And, and what did you say? It's you, yes. Like if especially like I have a theater background. I'm like also if like people love like for me if I wasn't a Harry Potter fan but I'm a costuming fan. I right. still, I want to see it because that interests me seeing like how things are made and created. Like this podcast was founded out of the fact that I loved seeing how things are created. Yeah. 
Well, I'd say also what's interesting for me is that I've I've talked to I talked to a lot of people in the show, mm-hmm. um, and you, we do see a lot of those uh, multi generational. And in those multi generations, you might have a grandmother or grandfather or or niece or nephew or whomever who is not as familiar. But I've heard said to me multiple times. Yeah, I didn't really know much about it, but after being here and seeing this, I'm I'm going to go read the books. I want to watch the movie because I think it's twofold. One, the show, even if you're not, if you're a theater lover and you go see a piece of theater and the theater is, you don't even necessarily, it could be in a different language, it could be opera, mm-hmm. right? but you appreciate the set and the quality or the attention to detail or the, or the excitement of the crowd. Like there's something to that, um, to being a part of something. And so I think that the there's not one particular part of it, but the the overall experience, especially when you're with people who are super excited, then you get excited and you see why they're excited and you hear a little tidbit and then you see a thing and you're like, I want to learn more. I think that's yeah. the that's that's part of the magic. And that it's interactive. So it's not, it has that, and I love that there's like been this bigger drive for like interactive experiences because it's so much different from a museum because you get to be part of that world. Like you get right. to pull the mandrake out of the pot and it yells at you. Like, yeah. Well, that was a, a big part of our design. You know, we thought when we sat down at the table and said, what are we going to do? I had a long list of notes of all my going back and rewatching the movies and rereading. And, and the, one of the core, the cornerstones of it was about community. And mm-hmm. so how do we, when you take, you know, hundreds or thousands of people and put them in the same place together how do you create they already have a sense of community because there's as you know the 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 this group of individuals can people have connections to various parts very houses for example um but how do you bring them together in a world where they're not necessarily talking to each other so creating and then there was such a natural connection to getting gaining house points for your house. So now you're a little competitive, but a little cooperative. And it, it, but it was, and we wanted to, our goal, so community was part of it. Personalization, we really wanted to make it so that you as a Hufflepuff or you as a Ravenclaw felt like you could come in and own your own or, you could also decide today. I want to. I want to be. I want to be Gryffindor, and so you. Or I want to have this Patronus, even though I know this is mine. You can <laughs> experience it in all those ways, and it's. It's. And I'm not saying it was every part of it's perfect, obviously, but it. it I think we achieved that, right? Achieve that personal and that communal connection in the experience while having something that's beautiful and rich. Um, so that that was. I, I you know I'm I'm proud of what we did. Yeah, no, and you should be like, it's an amazing exhibit. And the thing about it is like, especially like for people who are taking like their kids and the kids are the fans, if they don't want to do like the interactive part and the kids want to, they can still really enjoy the exhibit for what it is without having to do the interactive things. Right, right. And also, I think a lot of parents, you know, I'm a parent of three. So I know um, when your kids are happy, you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> If your kids are having a good time, that's like, that's why you went, right? Yeah. It's even better though. I think what I love seeing is that multi-generational family where you're together and you're exploring this stuff together and the the, the bigger fan is pointing out to the lesser fan or whatever, you know, you're yeah. learning together. Because one of the things I, as a cornerstone to what I want to do in my life is not only create 
beautiful experiences that visually are stimulating and, and feel good. But also when you leave, you know something else. It's not necessarily yeah. always educational, but you're taking more away than you than you went yeah. with. So, and I think that this this experience provides that. I I agree. And there's we all left with learning something or just like enjoying it or even like a refresher to the fandom and appreciating it more. Yeah. Um, is there a specific exhibit that you personally love within it? So you've been there, so I can tell you. I don't know yes. that all. The, I don't know if, how the listeners or watchers or whomever mm-hmm. know it, but um, so to me, on the drawing board, you know, as we started, there's a lot of there's a lot of. First of all, for those who haven't been, I think there's 26 different rooms of things that happen, right? And so yeah. there's a lot, uh, and there is, you know, I like to start experiences where I need, I need to, I want to set things up because when you come into a place, you don't necessarily know what you're walking into. So I think we wanted to set the stage and remind everybody about what was happening, where you were going, what was about to take place. So the introductory film in our case was a pretty important part of the, of the experience because we sort of reminded you of the characters. We told you you were going to be collecting house points. We have this little RFID chip that's on your wrist that you, you know, you walk around with this, you know, little thing in your, on your wrist and, and that activates things and tells us who you are and, and so on. Um, and on, as we, as we, I also knew back to our point about varying heights and complicated buildings, like I knew I couldn't always make the great hall. Like it, I didn't have endless ceiling heights and endless yeah. distance. So on the drawing board, my favorite, um, my favorite, I, my favorite was making the great hall because we'd never done something quite that way using multiple layered projection connected with the media and floating candles and all the things that we did. And I feel like that turned out really well. I'm really happy yes. with the way it turned out. Um, and I was really happy. One of the other favorites I have was, was Hagrid's hut. I loved how we created Hagrid's hut and I think it turned out beautifully, but the one that surprised me the most that I think has become my favorite Um and this is a little bit of a giveaway to those who haven't been. So can I do that? Is that fair? Yeah. Um, if, our listeners also follow me and my co-host and they've okay. seen a lot of content. So most okay. of the stuff they've seen. So when you go into the experience, as you know, you get this little wristband and you register your name, you pick your house, your Patronus, your wand, and that the RFID is used through various experiences. So in the second room, you, you go through the introductory film there's a, you know, you open the doors open after, of course, you say Aloha Mora, and then the doors open, you walk into the next room, and it's a room that's filled with the Marauder's map print on the floor, on the ceiling, on the walls. Uh, it's cool. You're like, oh, well, check this out. And then you tap your wrist on this box, and you don't really know what's happening until somebody goes, look, look. And all of a sudden, your name is on the wall floating on the Marauder's map. And it is such a simple, cool moment that like it's it's where that we, we have a lot of good technology but we want it all behind the scenes we don't want yeah. it to be the star we want the show to be the star but my that to me was like it's unexpected it's personalized um it's totally in world and you're like i'm on the marauders map and of course it's a great selfie moment and then that whole the whole screen folds away and you get this little introductory show that so that i think I mean, I love all the rooms, but that one has kind of become a, a favorite of mine and the experience. 
I so our listeners do know about that because when we did Atlanta, my my host is relatively new. Instead of putting my name, I put the podcast name, and it's actually how we uh, announced her as my co-host. We did a photo with creating magic in the map of the uh, with her and I in it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I love it. It's it's uh there's a lot of good things there, but that that one stands out for sure. Yeah, and then um we're excited for it so it opens may 19th in new york city yep and then i'm sure tons of people will be going is there anything else that you would like to share with people well i would say to people um the experience has been tremendously the the reviews have been wonderful which it's been very successful we've sold over a million tickets to the exhibition which is crazy to think about Um, And so what happens because of that is a lot of people want to go. So I would say if you're a fan, I would definitely don't expect to show up and just buy a ticket because we have to do like timed entry and it gets, it's, it's quite popular. Um, You know, we, we want to give everybody a good experience. So we want to, we can't put endless amounts of people and you can only pulse so many people through at a time. So I think I would say, plan in advance uh, just to make sure that the ticket is there because it's, and we have lots of availability, so I'm not, don't want to scare anybody off, but just yeah. it's a, uh, especially on the weekends, it's very yeah. popular. And especially if people are traveling for it. Right. And you don't want somebody to get there and be like, Oh, it's sold out. So just yeah. there's really easy to get online and see tickets. And it's, it's in a calendar grid format. So you can pick your time slot and there's like every half hour, there's a slot. And if you say, I don't know which half hour you can pay a little bit extra money and then go anytime you want to, like, I think it's set up to be really user-friendly. So, uh, but I just, I wouldn't, I know when people, you know, they, they really want to go, or if somebody's like, I don't like crowds, don't go on a weekend. Like go on a go on a Monday at and, nine a.m. Uh, yeah, and it, and and not during a holiday week. Yeah, but just you know, I think that that's that's I want everybody to have a great experience, and uh, you know, it's when if it's a very popular place. So it is. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Nick. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that little interview we had. Make sure to find the time to go out to the exhibition, whether that's in New York City, in Paris, in China, or wherever it's headed next. It will be in New York City until October, so you have time to go see it and also hit up Cursed Child and the Harry Potter New York store while you're doing it. And Paula, since we are now gamers... Would you like to throw, shout, throw out your your handles and where people can follow you? I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch at Unconceivable. And then we just uh, opened up a little Discord chat. So yeah, um, right now it's very heavy in Dreamlight Valley. It's very heavy Dreamlight Valley, but you know, other things will come. Yes, as we find games we like to play. Um, so if people are interested in joining that, uh, so Discord's links time out after so many days. Just send us right. a message and we'll get you a link to get invited to that. And then you can find me on Twitch and on Instagram at Mandrakes and Mischief. And then on the podcast, you can find at Creating Magic Podcast on Instagram. And until next time, keep creating. Wow.